is coming up now on Established in the Faith. Just as Israel of old was deceived into that which looked like God, sounded like God, had a feast like that of God, the people were deceived and they died lost. The same thing is happening in our churches today. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 30, beginning in verse 6 today. 2 Chronicles 30 and verse 6. So the post went with the letters from the king and his princes throughout all Israel and Judah, and according to the commandment of the king, saying, Ye children of Israel, turn again unto the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, and he will return to the remnant of you that are escaped out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I want to use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes. Return to the Lord. And he'll return to you. Glory to God. I don't know if you feel that this morning or not, but I feel that today. If you'll return to the Lord, he'll return to you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I come before your throne of grace. I thank you for every person that's under the sound of my voice today. Every person that has come out this way, both in the sanctuary and out in the parking lot, or listening by radio, the internet, by CD, or some other device, Lord, we thank you for the platform that you have given. And I realize this morning that on the other side of this microphone, there are many needs, and there are needs, Lord, that only you can meet. And Lord, I ask today that you... Meet those needs. Lord, anoint me today to rightly divide this word of truth. Lord, help me to say that which you would have said. And Lord, that the people will hear and hear correctly. Anoint the people today, Lord, that they may receive of your word and be edified and drawn closer to you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen and Amen. For the past several weeks, we've dealt with a number of things. First of all, going back to the Passover, that was a time when Israel found themselves caught in Egyptian bondage, being used of the Egyptians to build the treasure cities of Pharaoh. And God sent Moses with a message to Pharaoh, saying, Let my people go. And it was by the hand of Moses 
the Lord performed miracle after miracle, sent plague after plague, and Pharaoh still would not let the people go. It wasn't until the blood of the Lamb was shed and that blood was applied to the doorpost that Pharaoh finally let the people go. And there's a lesson in all of that, and it's this. Miracles, signs, and wonders cannot deliver you. Only the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, can deliver you from that sin nature that's plaguing you, that's bothering you, that's eventually going to take you out and separate you from God for all eternity. The only thing that can rectify that is the blood of the Lamb. You must take the blood of Jesus Christ, that blood He shed on Calvary, and apply it to the doorpost of your own heart, realizing that your sin placed Him there on Calvary, realizing that He died for you, realizing that if you were the only one in the world who had sinned, Jesus Christ would have come in the world and died just for you. And he died for the whole world, but you personally, you've got to apply that blood to your own heart and life. And God told Israel, I want you to celebrate this as a feast throughout your generations. And evidence is that Israel did celebrate this as a feast right up until the kingdom was divided under King Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the son of Solomon, grandson of David. When Rehoboam came to the throne, he spoke roughly to the people and threatened to put heavy burdens upon them, and the end result was rebellion. All of Israel other than Judah and Benjamin rebelled and pulled away from Rehoboam and they chose Jeroboam to be their king. Jeroboam, knowing that the time of Passover was coming around pretty soon, he feared that the people would go across the border leave the northern kingdom and go down into the southern kingdom to Jerusalem where the temple of God was to celebrate the Passover. And in his thinking, this is an opportunity for Rehoboam to take the kingdom back. And I must do something to keep the people from going to Jerusalem. So, Jeroboam, he built a house of high places. He built a temple. He made two gold calves and an altar. He ordained a feast 
very similar to the Passover. And told the people, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Come here to these calves and worship. These be thy gods that delivered you out of Egypt. And for 260 years, the people went up to these false gods, went according to this false way, and they offered up sacrifice in a false way. And God was not pleased. Jeroboam led Israel away from God. And we see that taking place in our country today. The leadership, so-called leadership that we have in our country today, is doing the exact same thing. Leading us further and further away from God. When you don't have proper leadership, ladies and gentlemen, all is lost. That can go for the country, that can go for the state, that can go for the church. If you don't have proper leadership, all is lost. And throughout that 260 year period of time, God sent prophet after prophet to warn them the way that you're going, what you are doing is not of God. Repent. But they would not listen. And God finally allowed the Assyrians to come in and take away the northern kingdom. Now, at this particular time, Hoshea was the king over the northern kingdom. Shalmaneser, who was the king of the Assyrian empire, came in and took control and had Hoshea to pay tribute to him at least once a year. And Hoshea didn't like that. It's like paying taxes. How many of you like paying taxes? Raise your hands. I've paid my fair share. I got a feeling I'm going to have a fair share more to have to pay. All this stimulus money some of you are getting... You better put it back. You better put it aside. Stood in line yesterday, 15 minutes just to get $30 worth of gas. Because the lady in front of me bought $80 worth of lottery tickets. $80. I didn't tell her this but I'm thinking in my mind lady if you'll give me that $80 I'll put it in the offering plate and God will give you that back and then some you're guaranteed to get something back say something else (laughs) the stimulus money that's coming around and if you've got a job you better keep it They're having a hard time right now trying to get people to work because all this free money from the government's coming. Restaurants can't get people to work. Stores can't get people to work. 
Eventually, the money's going to run out. And your bills are going to have to get paid. So if you get money from the government, you better keep that job going. My best advice to you is simply this today. Make all you can and can all you make. Because Uncle Sam is coming to take. Are you listening to me? You better not be blowing it. And Hoshea was made to pay tribute to Shalmaneser. He didn't like it. He didn't like it at all. This went on for a couple of years, and Shalmaneser was keeping an eye on things. And Hoshea, he reached out to the king of Egypt, sent some money to the king of Egypt, and said, Can you come over here and help me? Can you do something to deliver me from this oppression? And Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, he found out this conspiracy. He came in and he besieged the city, took Hoshea as his prisoner. And then one by one they came in and they took away the sons and the daughters, the rich, parents. Until all of the northern kingdom was taken into Assyrian captivity. The only ones that were left were the sick, the poor, the destitute. This is what happened, ladies and gentlemen. When you leave the word of God, the judgment of God came upon them. And they were taken over by their enemies. America's greatest enemy today is socialism and communism. America has left the Word of God. And we're watching now as the enemy is taking away our country after this foolishness. All of this of which I've just described to you this morning, Assyrians coming in and carrying away the northern kingdom. It happened just a few years before Hezekiah came to the throne of the southern kingdom of Israel. The southern kingdom, they were having their own problems. For some 16 years, they were under the leadership, so-called leadership, of Ahaz, who was Hezekiah's father. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. He shut down the temple of God, shut down the altar, the sacrificial system. No one was allowed to bring a sacrifice to God. And the sacrifice, ladies and gentlemen, is the only thing that addresses sin. That is taking place in our country right now, ladies and gentlemen. They are in the process of trying to pass laws that will make it illegal for you to share your faith with a homosexual to try to convert them. They are trying to pass laws right now that make it illegal for you to share your faith with a Muslim 
to try to convert them to Christianity. This is what is coming to our country, ladies and gentlemen. It's all in an effort to shut down the sacrifice. That's what Ahaz did. And the judgment of God now rested upon the southern kingdom of Israel. And they were just before fixing to be carried away. Judgment was about to be pronounced upon the southern kingdom when Hezekiah came to the throne. And how refreshing it must have been when Hezekiah came to the throne because the first thing that he did, he opened up the temple of God. Got all of the furniture back into operation. Got the sacrificial system back up and running again. And then the next thing he did, he sent letters to all of Israel, to Ephraim, all of it, the northern kingdom. But wait a minute. Hezekiah was the king over the southern kingdom of Israel. So why is he sending letters to the northern kingdom? That's, that's out of his jurisdiction. He has no authority to do such. But yet he is sending these letters out of his jurisdiction. Why did he do it? I'm going to tell you why he did it. Because the letters that he wrote was according to the Word of God. And God has jurisdiction and authority over all of his creation. Are you hearing me today? He has jurisdiction. Just a few weeks ago, Democrat Representative Jerry Nadler stood on the House floor and made his bid to try to convince colleagues to vote in favor of the Equality Act. And here is the statement that he made, ladies and gentlemen. He said, and before I go into that quote, let me say this. The Equality Act is really the Inequality Act. It, is, it gives an opportunity to take rights away from this group of people and give it to that group of people over there, particularly the LGBTQ community, the Equality Act. In other words, you don't hire a person because of their education and their ability to do the job. You've got to hire the person because of their sexual preference. Are, are you getting me now? Okay. And they call it the Equality Act. It's really the Inequality Act. But Jerry Nadler stands on the house floor and he makes this statement now, quote, listen, what any religious tradition describes as God's will 
is no concern of this Congress. Let me say that again. What any religious tradition describes as God's will is no concern of this Congress. In other words, in their minds, God has no authority in our government. But I got news for them. God has authority and God has jurisdiction over all of His creation. Man may rule, but God overrules. And these people, whomever these people may be, that violate the Word of God and disregard it, put it away, they will stand before God one day and be judged according to the very book that they disregard. You hearing me? He sends letters to the northern kingdom, Hezekiah does. It's out of his jurisdiction. But he didn't care about jurisdiction. He cared about the Word of God. And the letter said, Come to the house of the Lord. The people in the northern kingdom, they had been going to another house. They'd been worshiping another god. They'd been offering up another sacrifice. Very similar. Looked like God, sounded like God, but it was not of God. And, and, and here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. You, you've got to be very careful because just as Israel of old was deceived into that which looked like God, sounded like God, had a feast like that of God, all the right terminology was being used, the people were deceived and they died lost. And the same thing is happening in our churches today. You, you would think, I mean, we hear about bad things happening all the time, and as long as it's happening a hundred miles, a thousand miles away, it, it doesn't really affect us as much as when it's at your own back door. You would think that the southern kingdom of Israel under Ahaz, when the northern kingdom was carried away by the Assyrians and all of this was going on, and their sons and daughters were being taken away, you would think that would get their attention. You'd think that would shake them up a little bit. I mean, it, 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 it disturbs me a little bit when somebody gets shot, but it disturbs me greatly when it's right there in my own back door. And you would think that the southern kingdom of Israel would have drawn closer to God because of the events that have just taken place. You would think that today, after the coronavirus, 
thousands of people dying all around us that now that we're coming out of this thing, the church house would be full. But look around you today. Only 45% of the American public now goes to church. Backsliding. There's a spirit of backsliding that's coming against the church in these last days. And nobody, listen to me, let me, let me step out here and preach in the parking lot a minute. Nobody is exempt from it. I don't care if you've been in church for a hundred years. I don't care if you are the most well-known evangelist preaching messages drawing a crowd over all the world. Nobody is exempt from this spirit of backsliding that's coming against the church. It's coming against a little country church out in the woods like it is the big church in the city running over a thousand people. A spirit of backsliding is now coming against the church. And let me give you some scripture for that. The Spirit speaketh expressly. 1 Timothy 4 verse 1. The Spirit speaketh expressly that in the last days, the latter times, they shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 1. They shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. Seducing spirits. What, what is that? Seducing spirits. It has the connotation of a young woman using her charm, using her beauty, using her body. To lure a man away from his wife. Are you listening to me? You and I are married to Christ. And that spirit is coming into the church to lure you away from Christ to something else. And that woman can be a fishing pole. That woman can be a deer stand. That woman can be a car. That woman can be a dollar bill. Something gets your attention. You're attracted to something over here that lures you away from God. That attraction, it, that thing that lures you, it might be a relationship. It might be a man or a woman. He that has an ear, let him hear. It, 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 it's Pulling you away from God to this over here. It doesn't matter what this over here is. It is a seducing spirit. Spirit of backsliding. I'll give you another scripture. Second Thessalonians 2 and 3. 
Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, lest there come a falling away first. A falling away, a falling away from that which is of God. Apostasy. When the Lord addressed the church in the book of Revelation, the last church he addressed, the church at Laodicea, he was addressing the apostate church, the church that had backslidden, the last church, the age in which we now live. Just as Israel of old backslid, the church is going to face a time of backsliding. We've already seen it, and I hate to say it, we're going to see more of it. Now, the message in those letters that went out was to come to the house of the Lord. Because the house that you've been going to ain't the right house. The house that you've been going to is not of God. The house that you were going to in the northern kingdom was full of demon spirits. And doctrines of devils. Come to the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. Why? Because that is where God placed His name. That is the place where the altar of God was at. That was the place where God was at. That was the place where the Ark of the Covenant was at. Where God dwelt between the two chariots. Bim on the Ark of the Covenant. That was the place where God placed His name. That was the place where He said you are to go. Come to the house of the Lord. And celebrate the Passover. The Passover. The Passover typified Calvary. As we stated, Israel was not delivered Till the blood of the Lamb was shed and applied. It typified Calvary. Paul said, pertaining to the Passover, 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. He said, Purge out therefore the old leaven. What was he talking about? Purge out therefore the old leaven. That's, that's all that you used to be prior to salvation. The old man. Purge out the old, the old man, the sin nature. Purge it out. Get rid of it. Purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump. That you may, what, what, what is he talking about? He's talking about the new creation in Christ Jesus. You are a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are to allow that new nature of the Holy Spirit to work within your heart and life. And if you'll do that, you will be unleavened, as he said there. And when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, 
you become unleavened because the Holy Spirit binds up the sin nature that's in your life, renders it ineffective. But you, you've got to have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. You, you've got to identify the voice of the sin nature, the old man, what you used to be. You've got to identify that voice, okay? And you've got to identify the voice of the new nature, the Holy Spirit, Identify those two voices because those are the voices that are going to speak in your spirit. The old man, the old nature, the carnal nature that wants you to do that which is not of God, to go against the laws of God, the Word of God, that sin nature that drives you toward this over here which is against God. And as a Christian now, you have a new nature. You've got to learn to listen to that voice. It's a voice that says you need to be in church for Sunday school at 9 o'clock. And you need to be in church for service at 10 o'clock. And you need to be at church on Wednesday night. And you need to listen to this. Don't listen to that. Don't dress like that. Don't listen to that kind of music. You listen to this kind of music. Don't watch that television program. Don't vote for that candidate. Vote for this candidate over here. The Holy Spirit will move into every aspect of your life and living. But He speaks to you. He has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying. You've got to hear what is being said by the Holy Spirit. And you will be unleavened, for Christ is our Passover that's been sacrificed for us. Christ was sacrificed for us that the judgment of hell not be in our future. To be eternally separated from God. Jesus Christ is our Passover. The message was, come to Jerusalem. Come to the house of the Lord to celebrate the Passover. And these letters were sent out all over Israel, the northern and southern kingdom. Hezekiah was the first king to reach out to his northern brothers and sisters to try to bring them in to the right way. The first king in over 260 years. You think of that. The first king to reach out to his brothers to try to bring them in. The right way. And this is what he said. Now I want you to listen to it. Now now keep in mind. The Assyrian captivity. Was still fresh in the minds of all the people. Not a person that heard. The words of that letter. Everyone had been affected by it. Particularly in the northern kingdom. Everyone had lost a son, a daughter, a father, a mother, a cousin, a niece, a nephew, an uncle, a friend, a neighbor. Everyone had been affected by it. I can't can't wrap my mind around losing 
a family member under such conditions. I, I, I realize on the other side of this microphone, perhaps some of you out there, you have experienced a kidnapping. And you've lost a loved ones by that means. And you don't know where they are. They've been missing for a long time and there's no closure. The only way I can wrap my mind about, the only thing I can relate to is death. Having lost a loved one through and by the means of death. But in death, at least you have some closure. You understand what I'm saying? But, but to have a loved one taken away from you and you don't know what happened to you don't know if they're dead. You don't know if they're alive. You don't know if they're being mistreated. You, 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 you don't know. And the torment of that, it, it, it plagues your mind to where you can't sleep at night. You're, you're concerned about your loved one and you don't know where they are. I, I, don't, I, I can't wrap my mind around the hell of that. And all of this was still fresh in the minds of the people. As these words of Hezekiah come to their ears, and I want you to hear what God said. He said, return to the Lord, and He will return to you. There's no life outside of Jesus Christ. If you leave God, if you backslide... There's no hell worse than that. I, I've been on both sides of the fence, ladies and gentlemen. I, I know. You're running from God. You're running from God because of something devastating that has happened in your life. And there's an emptiness there. There's a void there. And, 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 and sir, you, you can try to... Get what you think you need out of the bottom of a whiskey bottle, but you'll just go one after the other. You will never find what it takes to fill the void in your soul because the soul of man is so big, only God can fill it up. You're running from your answer. You're running from the only thing that will save you. Return to the Lord. And He'll return to you. If you'll make that first step, God will make a step. You say, well, Brother James, you don't know what I've done. I don't need to know what you've done. Look, I, I, I've, I've come to the place that, that, that the less I know about y'all's personal life, the better off I am. I can better pastor you not knowing certain things. Are you hearing me? Just, look, look, if you need counseling, just say, Brother James, I've sinned. I, I don't want to know what it is. It don't do me no good. The, I've got an inmate right now, sends me letters from time to time, calls me. He, he's been touched by the radio ministry, thank God for that. And this is a relationship between him and I that's been going on for some time, and Dana looked it up some time ago, looked up the man's name and found out what all he had done. She said, do you want to know? 
I said, no, I don't want to know. I know he's in jail for life. And it doesn't matter what he's done. If Jesus Christ has forgiven him, I've forgiven him. I can better pastor him not knowing what he did. Because if I knew what he did, now I got to struggle with that. You see what I'm saying? So it's just better that I not know some things. But I do know this. The Lord knows everything. And if you'll return to Him, He'll return to you. And I want you to get this promise now. Second Chronicles 30 verse 9. If you turn again to the Lord, your brethren and your children shall find compassion before them that led them captive so that they shall come again into this land. You think of that. Think of the promise that God has made here in His Word to the northern kingdom. If you will return to the Lord, He will return to you and your loved ones that were taken away captive. I will cause them to find compassion in the eyes of their captors and I will allow them to come home to you. Your family can be restored. If you will come to the Lord, God has promised that this, and He promised that to the northern kingdom. Now, as I preach this message today, it goes out over a wide audience, a wide territory, and I hope there's a lot of people listening. But I personally cannot promise you that if you come to the Lord today, He's going to restore everything to you, because I... I know there's some of you in prison, you committed crimes and whatever the case, and for me to tell you that God's going to let you go free, I can't say that, because I don't have control over the state, and look, if you've committed a crime, you've got to pull the time, okay, all right, and some of you played the fool and you've hurt your family, and God can move and work. So I can't promise you that there'll be a full restoration if you return to the Lord. But I can promise you this. God's got some good things for you. He loves you. If you'll return to the Lord, He'll return to you. And He'll bless you. If God could catch some of you, He'd bless you. Why do you say that, Brother James? Because the latter part of Second Chronicles 30, verse 9 says that the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away His face from you if you will return to Him. Where are you at with God today? How is your relationship with God today? Are you struggling with something? All of us are struggling with something. If you ain't struggling with something, chances are you ain't saved. But some of you listening to me right now, it's a dire situation. You're slipping. You're losing your way. You know it. You feel it. God is dealing with you. God's working with you. He loves you.
He loves you. If you'll turn to Him, He'll turn to you. And again, there's not a person under the sound of my voice today that is exempt from what I'm telling you today. Church, listen to me. I know I have no authority to speak to the Methodists. I know I have no authority to speak to the Pentecostals. I have no authority to speak to these other denominations. But I do have authority in the Word of God. And I'm here to warn the church today. There is a spirit of backsliding has already hit the church and it is still continuing and you as an individual you are not exempt I don't care who you are or how old you are there is a spirit a seductive spirit that is trying to draw you away from God and I'm here to warn you today beware of that spirit of seduction and I'm here to warn you today That if you're away from God, the end result is not going to be good for you. You need to return to Him today, and He'll return to you. If the program today has been a blessing to you, and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252 Two nine nine four two three four. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, as well depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact Contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.